0: welcome back to another episode of the Unpilled podcast today we're going to be talking to brian chang personal trainer aspiring boxer mm-hmm. i shouldn't say aspiring you're down that road already man a little already, bit, little you're already bit. sponsored by everlast a little bit you know bit. Uh, on our end, you know, the way we look at health in general, obviously, fitness, nutrition, these are two of the big elements that get you there. Of course, there's environment and what comes on from the outside. Uh, And we always look at it the personalized, you know, what does this person need? What does that person need? So we kind of get jaded and lost in what we're doing. Of course. Meanwhile, there's guys like you that are doing it front lines with people every day, having to implement and, you know, you're seeing the. So it's interesting to talk to you because we're going to kind of blend
1: the two sides of this and see how it all works, man. Right.
0: first of all welcome
1: thank you thank you thanks for having me i'm excited yeah man it's been a while since i've been on a podcast yeah
0: well we're gonna do it today
1: we're yeah, gonna yeah do it right
0: yeah. <laughs> i got a lot to talk about <laughs> a lot
1: to talk about so
0: you're so you're still training right now right? yes you're yes. also training yourself yes right you're yes. trying to get ready for your fight what is the next yeah. year
1: uh yeah early next year is is my hope okay yeah how, how much did covid affect all that i guess all the you fights know, shut down yeah i mean everything got closed yeah, yeah right gyms got closed guys couldn't train competition kept getting delayed you know it's yeah. just like weddings everything just got delayed pushed delayed, pushed lockdown no lockdown lockdown no lockdown right so um definitely the training's been on and off in 2021 um mind you you know ev- ev- everyone just uh worked on themselves like they did their runs outside you know did their weight training as much as they could shadow boxing if they had a bag hit the bag um but now that things are looking up right now and things are really opening, and Boxing Ontario did open up um, their competitions are back and stuff like that. So 2022, it seems like there's going to be a lot of actual fights and competitions lined up. So now the serious actual training, committed committed training begins.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what what does it take to get from like I think I want to be a boxer to you have a fight booked?
1: Um, I mean, for me personally, I boxed. You know, I started boxing and 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 diving into the sport of boxing maybe five years ago. Um, long story short, I was young, stupid, um, got in a fight downtown, broke my hand boxers fracture. Okay. Right. And kind of pissed me off. Cause at the time I loved to lift, right. I yeah. loved weightlifting, strength and conditioning and my right hand being my dominant hand. I broke my right hand and I couldn't like use it anymore. I couldn't bench and do overhead presses and kettlebell swings, all these things that I love doing. Um, so I, after it healed after like eight to 12 weeks, I was like, Hey, like I want to learn how to punch properly. I want to know how to fight, fight properly and define myself properly so that I don't injure myself again. right? So I decided to reach out to someone that I knew a couple of years older I than me. He was an amateur boxer, silver glove winner, golden glove. Um, and I worked with him together for about a year, one-on-one, just in his basement outside when it was nice outside. And really, really fell in love with the sport. Like really fell in love with the sport. Um, had no plans of competing. Right, just wanted to do it for myself—mental health, physical health. That uh, was fun for me. I'd rather box and run, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, started doing it more seriously, and ended up joining an actual boxing gym in Oakville for a little bit. Um, joined another gym, kind of gym hopped, learning from different trainers with different experiences. Um, and then I even flew out to California to learn from a bunch of people over there. Montreal, um, learned from uh, uh, an incredible coach over there earlier this year when I went to Montreal. And then, you know, as you get better. As as an individual and as you learn, you kind of start thinking to yourself, you're like, oh, maybe like I want to compete, right? Maybe like I want to see if I can actually use my skills that I learned over the last five years in a real time, right? So then, you know, this year, earlier this year, I decided I'm like, hey, maybe like I do want to compete. You know, I feel like that's the only thing missing on my resume is everybody knows that I teach boxing to the everyday people. I've held pads for amateur boxers that really take it seriously. But they're like, what about you? Now you got to knock someone out. Right. What about you? Exactly. Yeah. Where's your competitive experience? So at this point, I was like, I think I kind of have to do it um, to uh-huh. kind of, you know, be legit, I guess, if you want to yeah. call it, quote unquote. I so. remember
0: uh, in high school, long time ago, and some people don't believe there were high schools in those days, but there were. Mm-hmm. I went to one and you were in Vancouver, right? At some point. Yeah. I yeah. was in Vancouver. Yeah. yeah. So I actually grew up out there. Nice. b c in Vancouver. I was in at Coquitlam. In Coquitlam. Okay. So I have family there, by the way. Nice. Maybe your neighbors. Who knows? Yeah. yeah honestly. So, yeah so we, I remember a friend who loved boxing, yeah. and I went with him to a gym. The, it was the most intense training. Yeah. I, we literally threw up. Mm-hmm. We vomited from the training. Mm-hmm. It was so intense. Mm-hmm. The, when we walked into the gym, there were some senior boxers who were professionals like mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. and their warm-up was me and my friend punching them in the face. Yeah. Right, because they needed that's to, intense. Yeah, they need to get in the zone. Yeah, that's right? intense. So literally, I mean, I, we probably didn't feel like much of them because we yeah, were yeah, like yeah. 14, 15 years old. But I remember the intensity of the training and feeling like I was killing myself. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you do this day in and day out and day in and day out and day in. And day out. How does your body
1: handle that kind of load? <sighs> it, obviously, the beginning, you're you're you completely overtrain, right? I mean, it depends on the gym that you go to as well. If you go to a really old school boxing gym, I've heard stories even when I was when I did a podcast earlier this year at a, at a different spot. Um, they were telling me a story where they went to a really old school boxing gym. And even before they knew how to punch, the first thing they said was get in the ring and start punching each other in the face. Very intense, very old school, very grungy, like, very, like, tough, like, just go, like, stop quitting, stop bitching, stop whining, right? Like, if you're going to work, work. Otherwise, get the fuck out type (laughs) of mentality. And then you got, like, the New York gyms right now where they're more intelligent in the way they approach their training because they don't want their, you know, new members, beginners to completely overtrain, you know, be exposed to injuries, right, hurt themselves, right? And when you overtrain, what's the first thing that happens? You just get super tired, right? Mm It's the first thing. You get super tired, your immune system gets shot, right? You don't, you don't. you get fatigued all the time, you're craving food all the time, right? So, you know when you're when you're over training to that point as a beginner until your recovery threshold gets better obviously as your conditioning improves right um you're you're not going to feel the best you'll feel you'll feel good but you'll start to feel a lot of joint pains um you know i find a lot of my clients who go too hard in the beginning they get cravings mm-hmm. right because their stress hormones increase and whatnot right um and and then and, and then you know it affects their energy levels down the long run so um i, I believe there's a smarter way to approach training now So you believe
0: that you can actually and I ask this because we look at the genetics of things and different people's capacity to actually handle load and recovery yeah but you're saying that if somebody continues to push themselves they'll actually recover faster over time
1: yeah in an intelligent way because the body adapts yeah right the body adapts so what we've learned and this is funny because you're
0: Korean. My background is sort of Middle Eastern, much yeah, like some yeah. Pakistani, Indian, Afghani, Persian yeah, yeah, yeah. is all mixed up. Yeah. and both of us come from ethnicities of that have poor detox and poor recovery to begin with because right. our ancestors did, ancestors didn't need it. Right. They had a clean, organic life. Right. You know, and so I find that when it comes to that kind of training, there's kind of like this handicap on ethnic people where mm. you know it's harder to recover. Right. So I don't know if you found that then the you versus the other guys in the gym. Did you have a tougher time?
1: Um in the weight room, yes. In the weight room, yes. Because when we were, when I was lifting, there was a big period of my time where I was like really before boxing and stuff, right? Even during boxing, I was weightlifting a lot. Right. right. Boxing was just a side hobby for me. Weightlifting was my main thing. Like I yeah. love to bodybuild, I love to train weights, lift heavy, right? Um when I was weightlifting um earlier on when I was younger. I found myself to be able to lift six, seven times a week, no problem, like heavy too, right? Yeah. Three bench days, three heavy leg days, two heavy leg days, fine. But it, it will get to a point where a couple of weeks down the road, I would start to feel joint pains in my knees and in my elbows and my shoulders and start getting tired. That's when I knew I pushed a little bit too far and I would usually take a break. Now I feel it a little bit more as I get older, right? As right. I get older, um, I find myself um, having to be a little bit more strategic, strategic and a little bit more intelligent with my programming. Otherwise, if I train too hard, I, I do feel and um, how old are you now? I'm twenty seven and you call that older. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm feeling it, man. Everybody's been telling me since twenty one, <laughs> twenty two. They're like all my clients, older clients are like just Wait till you're like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty. You'll feel it. That's and what I feel it change. now yeah. like and when I drink now, yeah. like I'm hungover for three days. Yeah. Right. And What
0: you're talking about just sort of validates what I was you know, thinking of is that you're ancestrally not designed for the load you're taking on. No, right. And so by the, it's not that things changed you know, you got to 27. So things slowed down or change, which is there's a little bit of truth to that. Yeah, it's also that you're crossing that threshold. We've been doing it for so long, right? It kind of that load on your cells accumulates and accumulates and accumulates. Yeah. And the cells are under so much load that eventually they start to lead into inflammatory states and diseases, et et etc. So, right, yeah, you just it's that signal to sort of change the way things are done. So do you have any hacks in terms of how do you make the body get back in, on the, you know, whatever in the gym and the, the in the ring faster? Uh,
1: how to recover faster? Yeah. Um, I mean, when I find myself training a lot, um, you know, for example, if I do start training for my a competitive fight, I'll be training like crazy. Yeah. Right. Almost like two days. Um, sleep. First things first. Right. right? Uh, I'm sure you can agree. Like sleep is probably like the natural steroid. Yeah, right. Yeah. So taking care of my sleep, not just quantity, but most importantly, quality of sleep.
0: How do you get better quality sleep?
1: The first thing I've noticed from some of the different courses that I've taken is, is literally nighttime routine, right? Because we live in such a fast-paced society, your body's not like a computer. You don't just turn the off button and it goes to sleep, right? There has to be a period before you go to bed where you're still winding down. You start giving signals to your body, right? Where like, hey, like I'm slowing down. It's time to de-stress. It's time to relax the nervous system, right? Magnesium. You know, um, turning the, dimming the lights down, getting off your electronics, right? Some of the, you know, very simple free ways to start, you know, winding the body down for that bedtime right. routine. And I've started to notice that when I actually start getting my clients to do that, they do have a better quality sleep. Some of them might only get six hours of sleep. Some of them gets eight hours of sleep. But as long as the quality is there, they feel incredible when they wake up in the morning, Right. So yeah. nighttime routine for me is big. Like I have kind of the same nighttime routine. Like I go to, I shower at nighttime, little bit of hot, little bit of cold. I get out of bed, get in comfy clothes, right? I take Resolve CBD, I'm, you know, they, I, I work with them. I got a partnership. So I take a little CBD gummy, take my magnesium, relaxes me, try to get off my electronics as much as possible, read a little bit, do a little bit of journaling. Next thing I know, I'm tired and I'm lights out.
0: That's awesome. How long have you been doing that?
1: Um, <coughs> On and off. Honestly, it hasn't been consistent, Um, but I will do it really well for a couple of weeks and then, you know, one or two weeks I'll stop. But, you know, I've been I've known about creating a nighttime routine for probably a couple of years now. So sleep is a big one. What's another one? Nutrition, eating well, obviously, right? Make sure that you're not under eating, under feeding yourself, getting all the macronutrients improperly, right? Eating the foods that actually makes you feel good. That's the big thing is everybody thinks, oh, broccoli, 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 right? Everybody praises broccoli, spinach, right? I personally, when I eat broccoli, maybe it has to do with my genetics, but whenever I eat broccoli, I get super bloated. I don't feel good. I get gassy, Yeah. right? So yeah. I personally, because over the years I've been, you know, learning about myself and taking care of myself through health and fitness, nutrition I now know what foods make me feel good and what foods make give me digestive issues indigestion poor energy levels things like that right so I eat foods that you know make me feel good personally so
0: one thing we've learned right. is so you are sort of in an upper echelon of fitness level versus the average north american right. right so any sort of nuance any sort of tweak that you do you're going to be hypersensitive to it because you're already sort clean and healthy right If somebody's in an inflammatory state not feeling well so everything's off anyway yeah right you're feeling good yeah and so that broccoli gassy sensitivity yeah which so many people have there's literally one gene called FUT2 F-U-T-2 yeah which determines how well you break down uh, well it produces the enzymes it helps you produce the enzymes to break down a lot of vegetables and vegan protein sources beans and that that type of stuff right and this is why there's so many people that have crazy issues with that stuff have some hummus for lunch and you're just not hungry for dinner yeah. because you're so bloated you don't yeah. even know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> for so many people, the root cause of their, call it colitis, Crohn's, IBS, leaky gut, all these gut and in, in GI inflammatory issues starts with what are you even designed to eat? Mm-hmm. And if you're not hypersensitive to it, if you're not focused on that, you're going to cause damage over mm-hmm. time. So you're in a place where you're kind of blessed because of the choices you made that you yeah, yeah, yeah. can be sensitive because you're so fit, right? Uh, but some people have no clue. And this right. is where in, you know, through testing, we can be more objective about it. But so now that you know that, you know, you eliminate certain things, you're not in this sort of state that you can first of all eat enough, mm-hmm. right? So that your your body's fueled. Because mm-hmm. uh, that's another challenge people have when mm-hmm. they're eating the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. Their body just bloated gassy whatever they're not hungry enough for the next meal no right no and if you don't fine-tune that all of a sudden well why can't I get in mass why can't I you know all the complaints start because exactly. you're eating the wrong stuff
1: yeah you're eating the right it's a chain right <clears throat> what you do one thing wrong and then this chain reaction happens right exactly what you said you know people you know I've had clients are like oh like I eat this and I get bloated for example dairy is a big one right yeah they have dairy, they get bloated, you know, whatever, they put cheese in their eggs in the morning. They're not hungry. Yeah. Right. They're not hungry or they're too busy to think about hunger. Yeah. And the next thing you know, it's dinner time. They're starving now. Yeah. Right? They come home at six, seven, p.m. Drop the kids off, pick the kids up, whatever. Six, seven, p.m. They're starving. Yeah. They go crazy. They have cheese again. Right. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, just cheese. Yeah. You know what I mean? They have cheese again for dinner with their kids, whatever. And then they're bloated. They have indigestion. They have a difficult time sleeping now because they're uncomfortable right so their quality of sleep gets affected they wake up groggy what do they do when you wake up groggy coffee right yeah chugging coffee right away in the morning they're masking it right and masking exactly yeah. and then the repeated cycle and then doing that over for the what one to five to ten to twenty years nonstop. look at the damage that you just did so
0: how do you take someone who comes to you and obviously there's a lot of, there's some people that come in different phases, I'm guessing, yeah, but yeah, yeah. sort of the beginner that says, okay, um, let's get started. Yeah. How do you actually get them to change their habit? You can deliver the information. Yeah. But w- what's that thing that makes them say, well, I actually do this now. I don't do this anymore. How do you right. get them
1: to change their habits? That's the toughest part <laughs> about my job is we're trying to reverse years and years of habits yeah. and then change them. Right, These people, people are so stuck in their own ways and their so habits that like, a lot of times it's subconscious and it's reflexes, right? Like they don't even know they're doing it sometimes, yeah, yeah. right? So the first thing I think, the, the first thing that I always do is number one, I get a list of things that I, that I think are the most important things to change, right? And then I start in small increments. So I don't give them 10 different things to do right away. That's overwhelming. I'll focus on one thing at a time, right? So for example, um, water, Right. okay? You're not drinking enough water. Okay, the only thing we're going to work on for the next one to two weeks, three weeks is drinking more water. Right. Right? Easy. That's it. And then you come train, see me in person, train, nutrition. Let's keep it the same for now. Right? But one thing at a time. And for that person, it's a lot easier to handle.
0: It, how do you handle, like, people being eager and saying, oh, I'm paying you all this money and all you're telling me is to drink water. Like, make it all happen.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's where the expertise, you <clears> tell them, you sit them down be like, look, you hired me to help you right? To coach you and to give you the most intelligent, the most effective way to get you from point A to point B, right? And you have to be an authority authority at that point, right? Someone who knows better than this person. I talked to them. I'm like, look, we're trying to reverse, right? Again, 10 to 20 years of bad habits in what? 12 weeks, Right. right? Does that make sense to you? They're probably like, no, it doesn't, right? So let's work on little bits at a time. Let's reverse it. And then when you do well, we'll move on to the next thing, and over the course of you know six months to a year, look how many different habits we've changed. Mm-hmm. Right. So you kind of have to make them realize that fitness is a long term game. It's never a short term game. It's a long term game. There's a lot of things to fix, right? There's, and it takes time. Maybe the drinking of the water, they'll get it right away in a week. But maybe adding more protein to their meal will take, you know, a couple of weeks, a couple of months for them to really, really get into that groove. Yeah,
0: it took me right? like I remember that and then you get that trigger in that uh, sort of eureka moment where it's working mm-hmm. and I remember going from eating two meals a day and that's really all I could eat you know and I'm, I'm trying to I'm not trying to get huge but I want to maintain some muscle mass yeah, yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden I was able to eat every like two to three hours yeah not eating huge meals but I'm getting the same macronutrients yeah the same protein same carbs same what <clears throat> what I actually need to derive yeah from those meals I'm yeah. getting and I'm getting it more often because I'm, I'm now eating what my body actually needs. Right. And when you have that eureka moment, mm-hmm. that's all of a sudden where your identity changes and you're like, yep. this, this is what I do now. Yeah. Right. Because
1: you get the good feeling. Of course. Right. Now that became a habit. Yeah. Now it's a habit. Yeah. Let's move on to the next yeah. one. Move on to the next Let's one. Let's move yeah. on. And then you keep doing that and you, t- uh, you know, that's the thing. It's this social media world. It's like they, they, they make this fitness thing, this healthy lifestyle, wellness, longevity. Right. Like a quick thing. Yeah, 30 day program, 90 day program, fix your gut health in 120 days. It, it's it, it's a lot difficult than that for a it's lot. Like, of well, people. that's the
0: promise people want. How do you do this fast? Exactly. Right. right. You, there's no way. Yeah, I can there teach is. it to you, but you're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And, and how much do you prescribe? So <clears throat> for me personally, if I speak to how I eat, like I said, it's regularly throughout the day, uh, but it's within a fixed time period because mm-hmm. I'm trying to fast, mm-hmm. right, like through my sleep and through mm-hmm. the morning. Uh, how much do you
1: prescribe that to your people? Um, All of them. Oh, really? All of them, yes. I try to give them like a 12-hour frame. Okay. Some of them, they've heard about intermittent fasting, 16 to 8 split, right? They'll ask me, can I do it? At the end of the day, i would be like, hey, if it fits into your lifestyle, then 100% do it. I've done it before, had incredible results, felt good on it. Right. So but I really do tell them within, eat within a 10 to 12 hour window. And then there has to be a time and period where you're not eating mm-hmm. for your digestive health and so on.
0: And so do you find that people are coming to you for fitness? But because of because what you're talking about is beyond your typical personal trainer experience if of here's course. your checklist of this many reps, this many. Yeah. You know, you're diving deep into their health so yeah. it's beyond fitness. Yeah. Do you find that there's other outcomes that are
1: coming out of it that they didn't even plan for? Yeah, for sure. Faster results. Yeah. Faster results, better sleep, right? A lot of people come to me. This is the thing. Because on my Instagram, I've spoken about lifestyle habits so much. Right. To like how important stress management is, right? How important it is to manage stress because your body can only, only handle so much stress, mm-hmm. right? Um, how important sleep is, how important digestive health is. Because it's no longer about what you eat, but it's all about how you digest it as well, right? Gut right? health, things like that, to, to, to a degree, right? Obviously, I'll never cross the lines because I don't have a PhD or anything like that, right? Yeah. So I'll stay within my scope of practice. And I started talking not just about how many reps, how to do a squat, how to engage your glutes for a bigger, a bigger ass, whatever. But I started diving into this other side of the health and wellness, right? Mm-hmm. And then now, because I'm starting, I'm, I'm starting to talk about things that not a lot of other trainers are talking about, I'm starting to notice a lot, a big accumulation of people coming to me and be like, oh man, like I have digestive issues when I have dairy, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I do have poor sleep when I eat too close to bedtime, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I do find myself super stressed out and binging at nighttime. And then these people come to me for help. I help them fix it through, again, within my school, I I will never prescribe supplementation or give them any real medical advice, but I'll tell them these are little things that you can do on a day-to-day basis. that can make a huge difference. Right, And then now what happens? They're losing fat faster. They're building muscle better. They're feeling better, right? They start seeing them like, oh my goodness, like I didn't know I could feel like this, especially my older clients who are in their 30s and 40s and 50s, right? Joint pain's gone, reduced inflammation, better sleep, more energy in the morning, less coffee, right? Um, better mental health, more positive, more energy, more mood, right? Mm-hmm. Their relationship with their spouses get better, kids. So you're also doing marriage counseling now <laughs> some but you know, I tell I tell everybody as a trainer your job is to train people <clears throat> give them nutritional advice and help yeah right give them lifestyle tips you're a therapist right shoulder to cry on when they need it or vent to yeah right and and so on it's crazy. I think there's
0: a so little you know realization of how your gut can cause your mood and behavior issues right meaning that I mean, take antibiotics for example. If you take an antibiotic, and some people take them regularly, right? So it's, uh, every flu, cold and flu season, the more you do that, the more you're disrupting your gut lining, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you start to have these toxic substrates that are meant to stay in the gut mm-hmm. and be cleared through, Filtered, you know, go yeah. you know, through the going in the washroom, uh, start to leak, leak through your leaky gut, yeah. and those things have the ability to cross the blood brain barrier. Yeah. And now all of a sudden you're getting brain inflammation and you're getting diagnosed with this 44 million people in the US on an antidepressant. Yeah, it's crazy.
1: 44 million people. You know, you know, it's crazy. This year alone, every client that I've taken or even just spoken to. The amount of people that have told me that they're on medication for depression, young, old, very young, like a lot of young people, like 20s, whatever. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe it.
0: Yeah, like, and like, it's what's so more now than ever before. It's
1: more now than ever before because again, it's the it's 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 the way we live now, yeah. right? It's like you said, everything goes down, goes back to the ancestral days, yeah. right? How they moved, they moved so much more than we did yeah. because cars didn't exist, yeah. Uber Eats didn't exist, right? They had a long period of fasting because they if they couldn't find food to kill or hunt, yeah. or if it was wintertime, they just couldn't eat. right so they're on low calories or they they fasted which improved you know autophagy right cell regeneration immune function right sharper mental health like our ancestors are way more fit like like a billion times more (laughs) fit than us right now as a society yeah and I think a lot of that has to do with you know what we we're what we we're talking about is is how the, through the evolution of time and industries right and we're more technologically advanced now, which is good in yeah. some ways. Otherwise, you know, we're here right now because of technology, talking to you, right, connecting. Um, but it also made us a lot lazier, a lot more sicker as a society, and and just like what you said, I think um, poor gut health is is one of the biggest ones.
0: I think, <clears throat> I mean, you talked about overeats. That's something that I think about because there's so many books and talks about, you know, ancestral diet and grandma's diet and keeping <laughs> it clean. And there's <clears throat> often the discussion is like what? Like what is on my plate? And this plate should look like this. So I'm getting my veggies, meats and proteins. But they're not thinking about the sort of how in a more macro sense, what does my week look like? Yes. So now this Uber Eats phenomenon, did our ancestors have Thai food for lunch? Pasta for dinner, sushi for breakfast. You're like every because it's just so easy, yeah. right? No, they probably ate the same thing for ten days, yeah. and then they cooked the next thing, yeah. right? And then the thing was stored for the winter. You probably ate some sort of grain for three months. Yeah. So imagine how the gut is designed. Yeah. The gut is designed to be programmed to eat that meal, right? And maybe you have one bad digestive day, and then for the next week, you're, you're the right gut microbiome is activated mm-hmm. to break down whatever it is you're eating. Yeah. <clears throat> Forget about every day. Every meal now looks different. Yeah, right. It's just so easy. Like I'm craving Thai food. Great. Yeah. I'm craving what a burger. Great. Yeah. What is that doing to your gut?
1: Your gut was not designed to no. switch gears that fast. No. Right. I believe it. it yeah. You're confusing your body. Yeah. Your your gut is like, what is going on right now? Yeah. Right. Like, what is this type of food? Um, you know, and like, I the question for you is is is, is as an expert in this, right? Does, does your body, obviously, we know that the human body is an adaptive machine. that adapts to every, every situation, environment that we've yeah. been in, right? Does your gut adapt as well over time to all these different types of yeah. ingredients coming into so our the system?
0: adaptation is one of our biggest problems at the gut. And why do I say that? Because when your gut is full of bacteria, mm-hmm. we all know that. Yeah. The bacteria takes a part in breaking down those foods that you're eating. If everything you eat has sugar in it, mm-hmm. r- even if you're not trying to eat something sweet, it just mm-hmm. has sugar as a preservative, mm-hmm. right? Then what What strain of bacteria is flourishing? The strain that feeds off of that sugar, right? And all of a sudden that sort of strain of bacteria is, you know, living well, being fed well, yeah, right? Doing Overpopulating, well, yeah. right? Overpopulating and what was meant to flourish in your gut is no longer flourishing because it's not being fed, right? multiple things happen there first of all there's that imbalance in being able to now eat the foods that you need to eat Mm -hmm. that first week of your clients being told what to eat they don't feel right because they've been eating crap Mm -hmm. right and all of a sudden they aren't designed to break that stuff down Mm -hmm. when the bloating and the gassing etc. right right second thing is the the toxic byproduct you know these bacteria all have excrement poop right 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 so the toxic byproduct for which your body is designed to deal with. And all of a sudden you're eating what your ancestors didn't eat and you're not able to deal with that. Right. We've we've been able to link things like fibromyalgia back to the gut. Women ha- have crazy hormone, or sorry, pain problems that are being li- linked to their hormones. Okay, Yeah, they have the problem, but they're feeling it 8 out of 10 instead of 2 out of 10 right. because it's being exaggerated when the inflammation causes gut. gut havoc, yeah. right? The, the microbiome havoc, which yeah. it is mainly due with the excrement, like this, right. the wrong flora is flourishing. Right? So we've seen that there's we did some work with um, the scientist was actually from Israel through uh, McGill University in Montreal, right? And he specifically was dealing with just that. How is the gut causing or exaggerating the fibromyalgia response in women? And how do they then need to eat to heal it? Mm -hmm. Because there's certain concerns where why is it that this pill works so good for me, mm-hmm. but for this other person, not that great because mm-hmm. there's so much more mm-hmm. adding to the load, and this could be one of those things, mm-hmm. right? So so you're doing amazing things for your customers. They should be, you know, be thanking you left and right, but they probably don't even know what you're doing for them. <laughs>
1: i been trying, man, <laughs> Yeah, trying. You know, it's funny, like I I started taking, taking an interest in gut health. I'm going to say what's 2021, maybe like three years ago, 2017, yeah. 2018. I don't know how I came across it, but I came across it on social media. Um, And I started like, you know, I started like coming up. Gut health is important. Gut is connected to the brain. They're best friend. They talk to each other every day. And I started diving deeper into it. I started learning more. Yeah. And, you you know, you start putting puzzle pieces together. Start started listening to experts. I mean, you know, Dr. Rhonda Patrick talks about it a lot. There's a lot of other experts who talk about gut health and stuff like that. Um, even like Polyquin, Quinn, he had a little course out on gut health that I took, uh, and everything that was a problematic for my clients seemed like it all came down to the gut, right? Right, poor gut health, poor food quality, eating the wrong things, right? Disruption in the gut health, right? Inflammatory response, chronic, right? Like you said, goes into the blood-brain barrier, right? Enters the blood, uh, the brain, yeah. creates mental issues, depression, anxieties, high levels of stress, which then goes into you know high level uh, adrenal fatigue, high levels of cortisol, and then you're just seeing this clusterfuck of shit happening yeah. in the body, right? Where yeah. like it's so hard to come out of. A lot of other trainers be like, "Oh, like you just need to train more, right? Just train more and eat more protein and take protein yeah. shakes, right? And you'll be better, yeah. right? Drink more water, but." once you actually start looking at some research and watching some YouTube videos, you know, from like real experts, not like idiots, right? <laughs> like real doctors with real PhDs and really like start listening and like taking in, you start to realize like it's it's the problem is actually a lot bigger and a lot deeper than just lack of movement and so all these people
0: things. are coming to you <laughs> saying, I want to get fit and they don't even realize that you're kind of healing their whole body
1: and system through their gut. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm really trying to heal them inside out first. Yeah. And that's why sometimes it's a longer process. Yeah. Right? And because it's a longer process, that has lost me clients in the past. Yeah. Because everyone's looking for the quick fix. Yeah. Right? You have Brian saying, dude, you have to work with me for a year. But I guarantee you in a year from now on, you'll feel incredible. You'll look amazing. Yeah. Whereas you look at all these other, you know, fitness influencers and people like that. They got, I got a 90 day program. Yeah. I get you shredded in ninety days. Yeah. What happens? They do the ninety day program. Obviously it's cheaper, right? More financially, you know, efficient. They um, save time. They don't train for a year. They do the ninety day program, they do like these hit circuits, which is not even true hit, right? These fake HIT circuits, everyday cardio, weight training, you know, super low caloric diet, 1,500 caloric diet, not and the food ingredient list is not based on what they need to eat. It's a general ingredient list. Um, supplements, whatever, like pre-workout, before you work out, all these things. Sure, for the 90 days, my, the body might respond, right? Yeah. And you might lose some fat and look good. But show me what happens after the 90 days.
0: Yeah. Right? I think it's fitness is being represented by these types of people as like a treatment, meaning that you do it and you're done, mm. but what you're offering people and what people need to understand going into, you know, that I want to change my life. It's, you truly have to change. Fitness mm. isn't about I'm going to do something and I've now done that. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No, you have to actually shift gears and become and, a different person. And
1: keep doing it. You have to keep right? doing it yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It's, it's I, I've said it on my story once, if there is no destination, Yeah. right. It's not 90 days right? It's not, what's the date today? November 16th, um, January 16th, right? That's, your, that's the last year you're going to do fitness. Yeah. That is not it. If, if that's the way you think, good luck to you because you're going to go in circles and you're going to lose weight. 90, statistic, 95% of people that lose weight gain the weight back or more within a year, Right, less than two years, more. Yeah. And then what happens? Your body adapts body makes it way harder for you to lose the same amount of weight again the second time around
0: yeah because your body actually wants to store the to fat store as a it. measure. yeah it wants yeah. You to
1: keep it right yeah. it's like you said everything comes down to insertion aids it's it's yeah. a protective mechanism survival yeah. instinct right yeah. it's like oh my god like she lost like 30 pounds so quickly like i hate that it freaks me out yeah right so your body's like i'm gonna she gained it all back i'm gonna make it harder for her to lose it i'm gonna hold on to it And people repeat the cycle for how many years?
0: Yeah. And it comes tougher and tougher,
1: tougher and tougher. And they come see me and they're like, oh, I've done this program. I've done this program. I work with this fitness influencer. I've done all these programs, but I kept on gaining the weight back. And then three years later, they're like, I need to work with you. I want to do it for a year. I really want to learn how to maintain my results. Right. And change my lifestyle. I'm like, well, there's three years of amount of crazy damage <laughs> that you just did yeah. that we have to reverse. So it might take more than a year. I don't know. Yeah. Right. It's going to take a lot of effort, a lot of time, right. It's going to take a lot of strategies possible, Right. I'm not saying it's impossible, but these are the consequences of not doing it right. The first time.
0: Right. And I know that you mentioned, um, that you dealt with, I guess, even based where you are in Mississauga, various <laughs> ethnic populations. You you were born in Korea yourself. Yeah, right? yeah I was born in Korea. You're, what time, what you were eight, nine when you left Korea? I was nine when I left Korea. Nine, yes. and then you went to Vancouver,
1: yep. then you came here. Yeah.
0: So even yourself, when you're in the same bucket. Do you find that the kind of, uh, whether that's the cliches or the things you hear, that there's different outcomes for different, especially when it comes to Asian people?
1: Um. That's a good question. Um, well, there's, so,
0: there's really two questions. In terms of body outcome and fitness, yeah. can you have the same goals as other races? And second, are you offering them different
1: nutrition device, advice? I think, so the first question, I think that everybody can get, you know, lean, right? Look shredded, a little shredded, right? Can look, you know, build muscle. I really do. But the way you do it is different depending on the person. So individualized program, just like what you guys do with the, like, you know, what you guys are doing yeah. is way more advanced than what I do hundred times. Right. But every client, you have to treat them as an individual differently. Right. So how do you upfront even know? Because what do you measure? It's tough. It's tough. It's a lot of trial and error from my yeah. point of view, because I don't have this science lab that you yeah. do. Right. So I that's... don't have the DNA testing yeah. right to really like get it in the first couple of weeks. It's a lot of trial and error. Right. A lot of working with, you know, making small changes first, making small changes, getting these people to go to the gym regularly, just train regular lifting, um, just making sure that they're not overtraining. Right. Small little um, habit changes, um, not overdoing the body and seeing how the body reacts. That's kind of how I do it. Right. Right. I put them on a program, a base foundational healthy program, get them moving, get them eating healthy, getting their protein intake up, getting their vegetable intake up. And during the process. I get them to tell me, you know, hey, like, when I ate broccoli, like, you know, it bloats me, right? Or if I eat chicken, like, I don't feel good. Then I'll take that out of their list, Mm -hmm. reading list, and I'll be like, okay, let's substitute it for ground beef, whatever, right? So that's why it's a longer process, because for me, it's literally like I have to be super, like, one-on-one and know my clients inside and out to see what works. But I do believe that every different type of ethnicity Mm -hmm. can get jacked. If they want yeah. to right we see it all the time right i have my friends who are indians who are black who are italians who are koreans you know who built their body from either they were overweight and they shredded down or they were skinny and they built it up right so i do believe without the use of any like it's performance enhancing drug steroids that people can change the way they look but i feel like there are more efficient and faster ways to do it
0: yeah i find that you know getting lean, like you said, right, it's that's this fine balance of calorie intake, the right calorie intake, fitness levels, all that stuff. Right. Uh, Understanding how cardio affects somebody's body versus, you know, maybe circuit training or something else. Right. Yeah. Uh, Then we find that there's this innate foundation of what the body's, you know, body type is based on the genetics of hormones. Right. And so even for example, uh, you're, uh, you're Korean uh you move you know a little bit west you got china right yeah yeah. in china there's really two races there's two there's what we call like the bruce lee right chinese which are like literally wiry thin super strong yeah but can't put on mass right 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 then you have the larger sort of estrogenized men in china that are Big, thick, heavy, yes. but they can't get lean. Right, they can't see the muscles and the striation. Right, and that's all genetically and hormonally driven. Right, the, w- the hormones are the same: progesterone, testosterone, estrogen. Right, right, all fueled from cholesterol. Yeah, what you're doing with them. Right, so if you have that predictive map to be able to understand, here's my goal. Right, here's what I want, and this is why I came to train. But first of all, this is what I'm designed to do. Right. So now understanding, is this goal, first of all, the right goal? Right. Am I designed to be a linebacker? Right. Am I designed to be a sprinter? Like, what am I designed for? Right. Uh, But what I find really cool is that because you've done so much of this, you kind of innately do this without the science, meaning that you're working on people and bringing them all (laughs) to the same outcome. Yeah.
1: You know, uh, through this sort of quick shift trial and error, you kind of know what to do. Right. But maybe if I, you know, if I was more well educated from your point of view. Yeah. Right? From the advanced, you know, scientific point of view, from the the genetic level, biological level, cellular level, then maybe I could show results faster. Yeah. That's the thing. That's right?
0: just a question of toolkit. Right. Like these are all new tools that are exactly they'll get, I I believe the day is coming where everyone's gonna have their genetics and they're gonna right. know it's just gonna become very cheap and easy and sort of everywhere, right? Right. So it's just gonna get there and
1: people like yourself will drive that kind of thing. Of course. I would love to. I mean if you guys ran a course or something, like take it right away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But My job as a trainer at the end of the day, I think, is to just make fitness and health and wellness as enjoyable as possible and as fun as possible while showing the outcome that they want. Right. And
0: then going back to the other parts, we talked about body. What about nutrition? Do you do you find also different ethnic groups, male, female, different body types? Are you starting off different because you kind of intuitively know uh,
1: this guy looks like I've done this before. Here's where I gotta start. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it's a super real beginner, it depends on the clientele. For example, you know, if I if I if I train an Asian man, right, an Asian guy, then you know, there's certain types of foods that I know that he can handle well. Yeah. Right. Rice, for example. Right. So I'd be like, hey, for your carbs, horse, you know, eat a lot of rice. I know you can digest it well. You feel good on it as I do. Yada yada yada. Right. So. As you know, I haven't been in the industry for too long. I've been in the industry for like seven, eight years. Right. Um, as I train with all different types of people, I start to notice like these little things. Right, Like certain people can, you know, like there's a certain type of clients who can eat beans, right? And they don't feel bloated. And then there's a certain type of people who, you know, like the Asians that can eat rice like crazy and they they feel good on it and they don't feel bloated. Whereas, for example, my girlfriend who's Italian, not so much, right? Sometimes when she has rice or like quinoa or something, she gets bloated, Right. right? So as I go on, I'm starting to pick up these little signs here and there. And I try to, you know, keep it in my head, write notes on it, and then prescribe, you know, as much as much as I can to different types of people that I look into.
0: And it's funny right? you, you talk about that because, again, it come, it's kind of almost stereotypical talking about the rice, but, you know, when you look at going back to the gut, it comes back to the gut, yeah. right, that the ability to your Italian girlfriend versus the Asian client who couldn't handle the rice. Well, where does your gut microbiome come from? Mm. Just like your genetics, it's mm. actually inherited mm-hmm. the beginnings of it, because where do you actually get your gut microbiome? the first microbiome you experience is when you literally come out of your mom's birth canal. Yeah. It's full of microbacteria yep. and you actually adopt that. Yeah. Then this is why breastfeeding is so important when you're literally sucking yep. on your mother's skin, yep. you're adopting her skin uh micro and then the the milk right. that came from her gut. Right. So this whole sort of inheritance right. of your mother's gut right is what allows you to then why, how how do you decide or who decides what's in your gut microbiome? Right. It's passed on from your mother because right. of that interaction. Right. The birth canal, the milk, you right. know, all that hug, hugging and
1: cuddling. Right. The microbiome with the skin. Right. It all gets passed on. Right. right. But does it not, does it not, correct me if I'm wrong, but does it not alter over time as you grow with your environment that you're yeah. in, how you were raised, it's, if it's, you move?
0: There's nature and there's nurture. The nurture part is what load are you putting on it? Again. Mm. If you have your mother's Korean microbiome, right. which you were still there right. up until the age of nine, so right. very sort of culturally, ancestrally rooted. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She, she didn't come here very, yeah. before you were born. Yeah. Then all of a sudden move fast forward to Vancouver where there's a little bit of McDonald's and there's a little bit of, you know, nah, grease. Yeah. So all of a sudden, yeah, you're going to alter the course. We talked about the sugar yeah. and how that will make the wrong Flora right. flourish, right? All of a sudden you're feeding the wrong stuff, right? right? So, um, so yeah, there's, there's what you got, the cards you've been dealt. And then there's the, the load you put same as your genetics, right? You know, right. you have genetic capacity. I'm wired to be a sprinter, right? But I eat estrogen dominant foods, right? And I take birth control pill as a woman. So I have even more estrogen. Right. So maybe I'm going to get a little bit bigger than a sprinter. right? Right. Right. It's the right. load that you put on both your gut right. and your DNA. Right. that That's I think and genetically, it's a little bit better understood. Yeah. Gut microbiome, the science is just starting. It is. It is. Yeah. It is. And there's a lot to sequence. You have more DNA of your gut's bacteria, foreign DNA, than yeah. your own DNA in your yeah. body. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I read that somewhere right? too. Yeah.
0: So there's a lot to discover there. Yeah. They're starting. We're not quite there yet. We're learning.
1: There's a lot to learn, I heard. Yeah. It's yeah. just starting, like you said. Yeah. You know, people that think, Gut health has been around for a long time but i think you know you've been touched like one percent of the gut ten percent of the gut yeah. you know there's so much to go into which is what i'm excited about right as someone who actually Enjoys learning about this thing, right, on my own spare time, right, and listening to podcasts from episodes and experts, and really like learning about the the deep rooted science of yeah. genetics to gut health to hormonal profiles to whatnot. Like you really get a just dis- a different perspective on, you know, how you look at a human body, right, from a physiological cellular point of view. Yeah. Right. So that's something that I'm looking forward to, you know, to continue to do as as the years go on. Um. But question for you. Yeah um uh your thoughts on probiotics and prebiotics yeah. bullshit?
0: No, I think that uh, the the challenge is matching strains, mm. right? And it's it's difficult. So this is why people go through 3/4 it's trial and error right now. If you find something that hits, it's amazing. Right? And there's no zero benefit for something that doesn't hit it's going to give you some benefit right it's just not maybe the what you thought you're going to get is, in terms of an outcome like if you go on antibiotics yes you need probiotics to clean your gut and heal right after the damage regularly. is regularly but you're not going to get the same outcome as your buddy who had the matched you know and this is where you see there's certain places like in california where the science is a lot more advanced there's people that are literally taking poop pills I've right. Heard. Yeah. The feces liches, pills. Yeah. yeah feces, because they know they can match through family or through diet or whatever. Yeah. 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 You know. Um, so the thinking is good. It's until we've mapped the gut the way we map DNA. It's not precise.
1: It's not precise.
0: Right. So it's good. It's better than not doing it. Right. But there's some people that take probiotics and have a horrible time because they just took the wrong strain. Right. So uh, ultimately, it, but until the pioneers like us or you or your clients do the trial and error, right. we're not going to start to learn and eventually get
1: to the, right. the, the, preci- the precision. Yeah. Right? And that's the thing. I get the question all the time. Should I be taking probiotics? Like all my girlfriends are taking probiotics. Yeah. And I, I learned exactly what you said through a podcast from, yeah. from an expert, some doctor, they said, because there's so many strains, yeah. there's so many different types of strains of bacteria. And each person has your own strain that you should be taking yeah. a probiotic yeah. right to actually feel the benefit yeah so i have been personally been telling them look this is what the science says right now if you take the wrong strain you're not going to feel any benefit or you're going to feel like shit. if you take the right strain you're going to feel amazing you're going to actually feel a difference i don't know which strain is right for you right yes, that's the yes. honest truth so yeah. i tell them do you want to spend eighty dollars whatever on probiotics for it to maybe work, maybe not. I don't know. So that's where I just prescribe them to eat healthy.
0: Yeah, and this is where so we've done some work. We literally have a compounding lab, like this, you know, secret lab in the middle of our office. Yeah. yeah. Where through people's genetics, we custom make to the ingredient, to the dosage a pill. Oh wow. That their DNA DNA needs for yeah. them to be optimized. And it wow. could be different things, cardiovascular, anti inflammatory, wherever they're sort of holes to plug, we plug them. What about allergies? Same thing. So uh, there's allergy. I'm allergic to this thing. To what degree does it express? By the way, my allergies are gone. I used to have allergies every single yeah. I haven't had it for five years. Really? Yeah. Because I optimize all my systems. I just it doesn't hit me anymore. I feel it. There's that minor. I know it's happening, but to what degree does it express? Mm-hmm. I've got that under control. Mm-hmm. It, kind I need of, it that. comes and goes within minutes for me. Right. I need that. So same thing is going to happen with the gut. To answer your question, <laughs> is that we now are starting to map the gut microbiome better. Mm-hmm. How do you then resolve gut issues Well, you need the probiotic? Right. But that has to be matched to you personally. Right. Because our guts are so unique and complex. A fingerprint. Right. First of all, what in your gut? Remember, when we're testing the gut, we're testing it today. It's not like your DNA where you're testing the foundation. Right. Then there's genetic expression, which is testing today. Right. Your gut, you're testing what's happening today. Right now. Yeah. Right. So you first of all need to know for what's happening today, what is good and what's bad. Right. You have to identify that first. Right. We have we're not even there yet. Right. Once you know what's the good part, you have to be able to then supplement that mm-hmm. with a custom probiotic. Mm. It is gonna get there. Right. That's when we're gonna say, Yeah, it's a good idea. Right. You know, and for every it's in the and the number of issues that will be solved, solved. and resolved, it's gonna be massive.
1: I couldn't imagine. That's gonna be life changing, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's you gonna know? be incredible. It's so, gonna be expensive.
0: So we, it's well, to get there is expensive, <laughs> yeah. but once it's there, it's probiotic. It's not crazy unless That's somebody amazing. wraps some patents and FDA That's filings amazing. around it. That's amazing. Yeah, but we do think that the two halves of personalization are DNA to understand your wiring. Right? Here's how your design. Here's your blueprint, literally your instruction manual, and then the gut, because that that other fingerprint. It's yeah. not your blueprint. It's a fingerprint in your gut. Yeah. If you if we truly decode that, you have the two halves of personalization and prevention, yeah. chronic disease shouldn't exist.
1: It shouldn't exist. No. Longevity.
0: Longevity is a whole, it should be an option for everybody. At yeah, that point. that's amazing.
1: Right? So how do you guys. Tell, so how do you guys dive into that stuff? Like I'm per, I'm interested in learning about this myself. Yeah, i yeah, learning about can, my own genetic profile. We
0: could spend another two hours just on that. Yeah, yeah that's so, so interesting to yeah, you. Yeah, the te- it's, what we've learned is that uh, there's no end to the learning. Meaning that you have 22,000 genes in your body, each are thousands and thousands of line of code, right? You have trillions of cells, trillions, mm-hmm, trillions right? Yeah. Each cell is sim- simultaneously communicating to every other cell in your body. Mm-hmm. So the complex nature of biochemistry, and for us to think that we've got to an end, just like you said, with fitness, there's no finish line. It's the same thing with understanding our bodies. I don't understand from the little that I've seen how we're going to truly unpack this, Yeah, you know, and that's what's exciting is every year that goes by, we're going to learn more and more and more and more optimize better and better and better and mm. better and better. So all I can say is look forward to the future, man, mm. because there's cool stuff coming, mm. really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. So tell us before we end here, give us like three things people should do, whether you're training or not training, the three big things that you talked about sleep already. Yeah, right. Tell us two
1: more things that are like, do this today. Walk. Yeah? Yeah. Move your body. Right? I'm a big believer that um, just like your ancestral days, move as if cars didn't exist. Right? I think that our bodies were designed to move muscles, joints, bones, everything. And I think that our, you know, cells, organs, uh, nervous system, hormones. I think everything just responds better when you're a moving human being. Right. Instead of sitting. Yeah. Stagnant. And you got
0: to design
1: your environment to force you to walk. Exactly. So standing desk. Yeah. It's a big one that I get my clients to do. Tell me right away. I feel better. Yeah. Right. Obviously, if your legs get tired, like sit down. Right. Yeah. Stand more. Right. Walk up the stairs at the grocery store at the mall. Instead of taking the elevator. Yeah. Um, Park further away. Yeah. Right. So instead of going right to the spot park further away, walk to get food, coffee, groceries when you can, unless it's like a lot of stuff, then obviously be smart about it. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, instead of sitting down and watching Netflix, suggest going for a walk with your friend or family right. or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Right. So I'm starting to notice like how important walking is getting your non exercise activity thermogenesis up for transfer f- weight loss, fat loss. Yes. But for just optimal health, energy levels right lower stress levels right tapping into your parasympathetic nervous system especially in nature
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so walking in trails and around woods and stuff like that and there's summertime same thing right walking as much as water i think that's something that everyone can benefit from it's free <laughs> right it's free so you don't have to worry about paying a dollar it's good for you and it's it's i think it's guaranteed results so then tell
0: us the last one
1: um the last advice that i have for people is you know Look at it long-term, right? Always put your marathon shoes on, not your sprint shoes, right? And find ways to make it fun. Yeah. I really think fun is, you know, an important part about fitness, right? If fitness and health and wellness should feel like a lifestyle, right? Not a chore. Right. Yeah. Right. It shouldn't feel like a kid doing like math homework. They just want to do. you got to incorporate
0: it into everything you're doing.
1: Exactly. Incorporate it into everything that you're doing. Find a good group of people to do it with what's fun. Find your you know training style that excites you rather than makes you you know demoralizes you and makes you go like oh fuck i have to work out yeah right i think the fun aspect is going to help people be more consistent and consistency will help you
0: that's been a big one for me i'm i'm literally hooked i don't feel right when i don't do it anymore because i've created a routine through some trial and error yeah because you have to figure out what you like yeah where i just need it now right and it's a part of the day where uh you know, it, it's literally my entertainment, Yeah. right, for the day. So Yeah. anyways, Brian, this was awesome, man. Yeah, the, thank you so much. Yeah, man. it was great that you were able to come and share all this stuff and give people a different perspective on what fitness really means, you know, yeah. and how it can heal more than just muscle growth and fat loss. There's course. so much more to it. But thanks again, man, for coming thanks for, for having
1: me. I learned a lot. Thank you.